know, welcome to day 39 of Shaped by the Word, season three, the story of the prophets. And we're quickly realizing as we read through the prophets that the story of the prophets is our story. It's a reflection of our carelessness and our self-sufficiency mm-hmm. and uh, our tendency to get caught up in really cool things you know, that uh, we find our identity in and uh, we forget our God. And of course, what a what a robbery that is that he gives us good gifts. Paul says for our for our enjoyment, but our the gifts become bigger than the giver, and that has certainly happened in Israel. And it, it, it's more than just a casual thing. Uh, the entire nation, uh, you know, will collapse in on itself. Uh, they they worship the things their hands have made, and and they're soon finding out that things that their hands have made are are, are paltry. Uh, they're worse than paltry. They're chaotic. Uh, it's, it's kind of an act of decreation, uh, where things, uh, you know, we're back to chaos rather than order. You know that God brings in our hearts and life. So when you go through the prophets, there's, we've always talked about there's rhythms of judgment and rhythms of hope. So we're in, in a passage of hope. Uh, you know, this morning as we pick up, you know, in chapter four through verse two, verse five is uh, chapter first part of chapter five is one of my favorite sections in all of Isaiah. And uh, so we, we begin there. Uh, before we begin, uh, David, do you mind lifting us up? Word prayer. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for uh, just a few moments to to center our hearts and, and our eyes on your word. And we ask as we do that you would meet us graciously, that your word be living and active in our lives and that we would be encouraged and convicted and strengthened and, and renewed um, even from the prophets um, to behold um, your beauty and your majesty and and to be called um, more and more faithfully to be your people here in this time and, and in this place. And so may you do that great work in us, um, we pray. All in the name of Jesus, amen. Isaiah chapter 4, verse 2. In that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land will be the pride and the glory of the survivors in Israel. Those who are left in Zion, who remain in Jerusalem, will be called holy, all who are recorded among living in Jerusalem. The Lord will wash away the filth of the women of Zion. He will cleanse the bloodstains from Jerusalem by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of fire. Then the Lord will create over all of Mount Zion and over those who assemble there, a cloud of smoke by day and a glowing flaming fire by night. Over everything, the glory uh, will be a canopy. It will be a shelter and a shade from the heat of the day and a refuge and a hiding place from the storm and the rain. I will sing a song for the one I love, a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and cleared it of its stones and planted it with the choicest of vines. He built a watchtower in it and cut out a wine press as well. Then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. Now you dwellers in Jerusalem and people of Judah, death between me and my vineyard, what more could have been done for my vineyard than I have done for it? When I look for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? Now I'll tell you what I'm going to do to my vineyard. I'll take away its hedges, and it will be destroyed. I'll break down its walls, and it will be trampled. I'll make it a wasteland, neither pruned nor cultivated, and briars and thorns will grow there. It will command the clouds not to rain. I will command the clouds not to rain on it. The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel and the people of Judah are the vines he delighted in. And he looked for justice, but saw bloodshed for righteousness, but he heard the cries of distress. 
Uh, you have again the vision of uh, what life is like in the presence of, of the Lord, and uh, we saw it, you know, in, in the last uh, in the last chapter, in chapter three, in the first part of chapter one, uh, where uh, the nation, you know, that delighted in good things would be stripped of all of their good things, and there would be a stench where there was once a fragrance of perfume, but then you have the, the cleansing. I'll wash away the filth. The women of Zion, you'll cleanse their blood stains from Jerusalem by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of fire. And of course, that was kind of the promise you know, John the Baptist made when he came on the scene. And I'm just baptizing you in water, but when he comes, he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And the cleansing presence of God's judgment is one of the things you know, that uh, John is drawing on. Matter of fact, John expected a little more judgment to happen a little bit more quickly. But anyway, that's another story when we go through the, the story of the Gospels uh, sometime next year in season four. You see a good reminder here, you know, he talks about this vineyard, he dug up the stones, he choices the vines, built a watchtower, wine press, then he looked for a crop of grapes, but it, it yielded only bad fruit. And in verse four, what more could have been done for my vineyard than I have done for it? And you know, just you, you see the great love and the great care that that, that the Lord has put into His people um, to set them up for for a beautiful harvest, and and, and there would be fruit for for His glory. And but so what happened? You know, and we kind of see some of the answer maybe even in the Gospels. And you know, Jesus has that famous phrase in John fifteen: "You know, I am the vine; you are the branches. Remain in me, because apart from me, you know, you can do nothing." And so we see that it's not. Because of the unfaithfulness of the Lord, that there's no, that there's there's bad fruit. It's it's because people didn't remain in Him, they didn't abide in Him, and therefore it was not a good a good crop. And, and so, what a something for us to think about. No, it, it is, and, and of course, you know what's emphasized in the song of the vineyard, and uh, you know I love the way it starts you know, as a love of love song. Uh, and you know, we have the language you know, in the first part you know, in, in chapter four as well. You know the people I delight in. And, and so you have this beautiful, you know, beautiful picture of someone who, with deep care, who has offered every opportunity for fruitfulness. And, and fruitfulness, you know, in, in this instance, is not just you know that we, we bear the fruit of righteousness. It's we produce that which for which we were created and experience the joy, you know, of what God is doing in us. So He He cultivates us, you know, not just for a crop of fruit, but for our joy and for the good of the nations as well. And there's deep care in everything could possibly be done so that we could prosper and flourish in him yet we refuse uh, to do so and, and the fruit of it is what we you know, we read yesterday kind of the collapse the moral collapse and uh, that's what's happened in Israel yeah, and then we get the the branch of the Lord you know introduced to it's going to again talking just themes in the prophets yeah, right. this is going to be one of those themes that um, we're going to see later on in Isaiah developed a little bit more in the famous suffering servant sections um, but what Jeremiah and Ezekiel both are going to talk about the branch of the Lord and Zechariah as well yes yeah, so just in that day the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious and the fruit of the land will be the pride and glory of the survivors um, in Israel you yeah, know but Man, just there's so we could, you know, we do 10 to 12 minutes a lot of times, but we could spend hours and hours and hours talking about, you know, just what 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 Isaiah saw, what he hoped for, what he longed yeah. for, you know, in the midst of looking out and seeing the sin of God's people and, and, and feeling his own, knowing his yeah. own sin and looking forward to the day that the branch of the Lord will come 
you know, beauty will be restored, glory will be restored, yeah. God will be with His people. And, and, and that's what you know. Isaiah wants us to feel here. You, you may have seen you know old trees that are decrepit and destroyed, and there's no life in them. And all of a sudden, you see just you know one you know little branch you know coming out of the tree that's you know bearing green leaves, and then there's just kind of a sense of hope in the midst of desolation. And, and that's you know this branch that'll grow out of this tree. Uh, that would be a fruitful tree. And earlier, you know, in the week, Cindy, we were talking about, you know, the mountain of the Lord, you know, as we began in chapter, you know, two. And you said it reminded you of, you know, Sinai, which is, is, is certainly the place where God's people were given birth and brought into, you know, covenant with him, uh, you know, as a nation of, of Israel. And you have such a beautiful repeat of the Isaiah, I mean, the, the Sinaitic, you know, kind of language, a lot of, uh, the Lord will create over all of the Mount Zion, which is where Jerusalem is, the same thing that happened in Sinai. Over those who assemble, there will be a cloud of smoke by day and a glowing flaming fire by night over. Everything, the glory will be a canopy. And, and what a beautiful picture of the glory of the Lord is a canopy that's hovering over uh, the edges of people for his comfort, for their shelter, you know, for their you know, deep benefit. Mm-hmm. I love verse 4, too. I mean, God says, what more could have been done for my vineyard than I have done for it? And so even though Israel, the nation of Israel, is, continues to be disobedient, God continues to do more. And he, he continues to provide when we cannot provide. And, and, uh, well, the, yeah, and this is a very human picture. Yeah. Here is someone who cares <laughs> deeply about... Uh, you know, a vineyard and who has done everything he can to make it prosperous from removing the rocks, building the wall, putting in the wine press, uh, cultivating and bringing, importing, you know, the very best of, you know, the very best of vines. And, and if for those of us who, you know, venture up into the, you know, the hill country and you know, see those vineyards and see how well propped up they are and how well groomed you are, you get that picture. And that, that's a picture of human human care and human cultivation for the sake of reaping, you know, a crop to benefit, you know, them. Uh, the picture of, you know, what God has done for us in Christ so that we could bear fruit is, is unlimited. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, far from just removing stones and cultivating vines, he has given his only son. Mm-hmm. And in giving his only son, we ask the same question Paul asked. What, what would he possibly withhold from us, uh, you know, after you know, not even sparing his own son, but the grace that we find in him. So when you ask the, the deeper question, what more could God have done for us than he has done in Christ through the giving of his Holy Spirit, through the renewing of our hearts and minds you know, in the new covenant, uh, it, it, it's vast. Uh, and, and so this is just a portrait of God's, God's good care for us. Mm-hmm. The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel and the people of Judah are the vines he delighted in. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of fun, isn't it, to know that, you know, God's, uh, while we deserve judgment, God actually delights over uh, giving his people good things and restoring them to himself. The fact that he would delight over us after we've uh, completely, you know, casually, you know, pushed him out to the corner of our life, he still has deep affection for us. It's not just some kind of empty, hard love, but is a rejoicing, uh, you know, kind of almost a, a joyful, you know, love that he gives us. Father, we thank you uh, for everything you've done. And uh, 
we ask your forgiveness because we, we, we take it for granted. It would have you'd have been enough, you know, you just you know, if you had just forgiven us our sin, but you forgave us our sin at the cross of at the cross of Christ and the cost of your son. It would have been enough for us if you you know had brought us back in, you know, as servants, but you've made us sons and daughters. You've blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms. And Father, may we be overwhelmed with your kindness and may we respond in bearing the fruit that you produce in us as we walk, as we read earlier in this week, in the invitation to walk in your ways and walk in your life. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.